Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Friday, everybody. Today, we are going to take a look at Venus in the sign of Aquarius. Venus is transiting through the sign of Aquarius right now and making a square to Uranus over the weekend. Of course, in modern astrology, Aquarius is a sign that is often associated with Uranus through a modern rulership scheme. Although I don't use that rulership scheme in my practice, I think that taking a deeper look at Venus in Aquarius can be useful when considering the characteristics of Venus square Uranus, because in some ways they do have some themes, there are some themes that they share in common. Um, in order to do that, we're going to rewind and take a look at an episode I did several years ago, I think it was back in like 2018 or 19, on Venus Aquarius through a Planets and Profile series that I did, which I've been trying to make everybody a little bit more aware of. So you can go back and familiarize yourself with those episodes. We took Venus, Mercury, and Mars through all 12 signs. Once I finish my Tao Te Ching for Astrologers series, which we have maybe another month or so left of, uh, I'm going to be relaunching that series and doing um, Planets in Profile for the Moon through all 12 signs to start with. And then depending on how far we get with that, we might end up launching into, um, say, Jupiter or something like that. <clears throat> Um, so I hope that you will enjoy this rewind episode. Um, as always, before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments. If you have Venus in Aquarius, does this video characterize elements that you're, you know, of your own life that you're familiar with, um, or add some new ones that we didn't come up with in this video. I always love to hear your insights. You can find a transcript of any of my daily talks on my website, which is nightlightastrology.com. Um, and don't forget that we are in the midst of starting new programs this month. Roots and Spheres program starts very soon. Readings and passages start soon. You can check those out on the website, nightlightastrology.com under the courses tab. Check out need-based tuition option if you need a little help. Uh, happy to help people out with that. So without further ado, I give you this rewind episode. We're going to take a deep dive into the meaning of Venus in the sign of Aquarius. Take it easy, everyone. Happy Friday. Hi, everybody. This is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and you're listening to another episode of Planets in Profile. In this particular episode, we're going to be taking a look at Venus in the sign of Aquarius. So this is following on a theme that I've been working with in 2019 and 2018 last year, um, which is to follow the movements of Venus and Mars through, um, through the 12 signs. And um, then gradually we'll work our way into looking at other planets through the 12 signs. So each of these is just a brief profile, usually... Um, it's a, a way of helping you understand both how to read or interpret the planet in a birth chart, as well as giving you some of the psychological characteristics of the planet and the sign and so forth. Uh, so, all right, I'm going to go ahead and share a little PowerPoint that I've made so that you can uh, follow along with some of the notes that I've created for this. So in today's episode, we're going to be, again, looking at Venus in the sign of Aquarius. Now, Venus in Aquarius is um, not essentially dignified or debilitated. What do we mean by that? In all of the 12 signs of the zodiac, planets are thought to have different kinds of strengths or weaknesses based on uh, the sign that they're in, whether it's their home sign or it's a sign that they struggle in. For example, every planet struggles in the sign that is opposite to its own home place. For example, the moon struggles in Capricorn and um, the sun struggles in Aquarius, opposite signs of Cancer and Leo. Um, and there's a kind of science behind all of this. Similarly, there are places where planets are exalted and places where planets are said to be in their fall. This is also, um, and there's intricate rationale behind these things that are very interesting. And maybe in a future video series, we'll do just a bunch of talks on dignity. But when a planet is not in any major 
dignity, any major strength, or it's not, it's not debilitated either, then it's in a kind of neutral position. It's reliant upon the host of whatever sign it's in. Just like if I was in your house, I'd be reliant upon you. If it weren't my own home, you would be my host. I'd be sort of dependent upon you. If you were in a bad mood, if you were sick, it might be harder for me to like get a good meal or to have a good conversation with you or something like that. Right? So <laughs> now I'm just inviting myself into all of your homes. So um, Venus and Aquarius, not essentially dignified or debilitated. Um, <clears throat> Venus is thus hosted by Saturn whenever she's traveling through Aquarius. So you could, um, you can basically, uh, anytime that you're reading Venus and Aquarius in a birth chart, to get more information about topics like love, friendship, beauty, grace, women, uh, sometimes sisters, uh, as well as things like sensuality and art and um, friendship. I think I already said that. Um, you would look at the house position of Venus, like Venus is in Aquarius, but what house? That might give you some more information. But then look at Saturn. Where is Saturn? And does Venus have any aspectual connection with Saturn? If Venus is in Aquarius and in a trine with Saturn, it gives you a different kind of Venus than if Venus is in Aquarius and opposed to Saturn, which might be a little bit more difficult. So these kinds of things matter. We can't, of course, give some total breakdown of how to analyze Venus, but just so that you get started knowing that when a planet is not in its own sign, you have to look at its host. The position of Saturn in the chart will tell you a lot about the health and nature of Venus if Venus is in Saturn's home. That's always a starting point for Venus and Aquarius. Not only that, but when a planet is not in its own home sign, it will express itself in terms of the planet whose home it is in. And so Venus in Aquarius acts Saturnine, even though she's still Venus on a certain level, she's still the goddess, still interested in beauty and women and friendship and harmony and all this kind of stuff. Don't forget the shadows of Venus, which sometimes are envy, covetousness, lust, greed, but, uh, she will, Venus in, um, in Aquarius will be herself, but she'll be filtering or expressing herself through the costume or lens of Saturn. So that's the way that you kind of analyze this at the outset. We also have to know some secondary factors about the sign of Aquarius. For example, Aquarius is a masculine sign, a solid sign, an air sign, and it's the domicile of Saturn again. What does it mean that it's masculine, solid, and an air sign? This is very important. <clears throat> so this comes during the middle of winter. Um, uh, and so it has that kind of wintry Saturnine feeling. But winter was thought to be a kind of wet time of year, uh, which makes sense if you live in a wintry, um, in a wintry place that's not, you know, the tundra. Um, wintry places uh, like Maryland, where I live, for example, and the kind of the winter in the, the region of the world where astrology came about, winter is kind of a wet time. So archetypally, the winter season in, in the zodiac is sort of associated with a certain kind of wetness. <clears throat> and we're starting to see that moisture coming about even more in the sign of Aquarius because Capricorn is a bit more cold and dry, the previous Saturn ruled sign in the winter series. So uh, Aquarius comes next and Aquarius is again, going to be airier and lighter and is going to be more socially stimulating. Air signs start to lift things up and out and circulate them. So you're thinking of um, a more social, a more movable, a more dispersive and kind of outwardly expressive Saturnine quality in Aquarius. 
So Saturn is not just one Saturn. It's important. Sometimes we think of Saturn, we just think of cold, dry, rigid, harsh, severe, limiting. But actually, Saturn is also related to the sign of Aquarius, which is much more social, much more, it's, it's less dry, it's becoming more moist. Air um, is, uh, typically air is thought of as warm and moist. The winter, you're getting um, a bit more of the moisture coming, coming through in Aquarius. Of course, this is the water pourer, and we're talking in many ways about the sign that was uh, coming right on the, it was looking forward towards spring. You know, once you get into this uh, Aquarian time of year, in many ways, you're anticipating, you're starting to move out of the darkness of winter and closer and closer towards spring. So in ancient times, the water pourer, the mythology of the water pourer, which is complex and I've covered in a previous video on the meaning of the sun in Aquarius. But one of the meanings of the water pourer was about the coming floods of the, the Nile or the, the coming floods that would bring uh, spring back again. And so there's this, um, this is a Saturn ruled sign, but it's more movable, it's more social and it's lighter than Capricorn. It's a good way of thinking about it. However, um, it, even though it's lighter and sort of more social, it's also more mental. Air signs tend to be a little bit more communicative, intellectual, um, thought and idea based, and so forth. Um, and um, so at any rate, I almost went off on a tangent that would have taken a long time. So I'll just pause that. Um, and let's just say that uh, Aquarius is thus not only a place where Venus becomes Saturnine, but it's a special kind of Saturn. It's a little bit more, it's more social, it's more airy, it's lighter, um, and it's more expressive. Masculine energy is more uh, from the center moving outward. Uh, so it's centrifugal. It, it moves from the center outward. Um, and so it's an expressive place for Saturn, which is interesting because a lot of times we think of Saturn, we think of a lot of times we typically think of Saturn, we're thinking of a Saturn and Capricorn type of energy, which is a little bit more inert and grounded and stuff like that. But Saturn is a diverse planet um, and has a range of different expressions. Um, so at any rate, there's not a one-to-one -one correlation between planets, by the way, and like elements or modalities. And it's, sometimes we get that confused. It, it actually hinders us in understanding a planet. So more on that some other time. Uh, one of the ways that you can see um, Saturn expressing itself in Aquarius is through, again, the seasonal symbolism. And um, we talked a lot, when I talked about Venus and Capricorn, I talked about walls and barriers and what's outside the barrier versus what's inside. Um, and in a, in a kind of pagan earthy sense, right? But the same kind of Saturnine emphasis on uh, boundaries and barriers and what's inside of them or outside of them is also very apparent in the sign of Aquarius. So let me see if I can explain this briefly. Um, in Aquarius, you're looking at a fixed time of the year. What does fixed mean? It comes during the middle of a season and it's the most stable expression of seasonal energy within that season. So the middle of winter. Um, however, the yin or yang part of the year also really matters. For example, Aquarius is in the middle of winter, but it's aspiring toward the light. It's moving upward. The year, the uh, ecliptic in the path of the sun is lifting upward toward the north. The days are getting longer. So you have fixed winter, which is in a sense deep yin, uh, entrenched yin, but 
it's gradually moving toward the light. So similarly in Aquarius, you have a time of year that is related to entrenched material structures, right? In a sense, the dogmas of the world, those things that are fundamental and solid, that's fixed yin. But you have the movement gradually toward a brighter future. And so very typical for Aquarians of any kind, but we'll talk about Venus and Aquarius in a second, very typical for Aquarius is the interest in both fixed or entrenched idealism or or, um, fixed or entrenched structures as well as idealism. Um, I'll explain this when we look at some of the people who had Venus in Aquarius, but you can think, for example, of um, uh, someone who uh, is, I'll give you an example of someone with a bunch of Aquarius energy, you know, be like, um, you know, Oprah Winfrey, she's one of the people on our list with Venus and Aquarius. Uh, Here you have someone whose entire life trajectory and their professional destiny has been defined by looking at the status quo, right? The entrenched yin, the structures that are, and trying to um, both sort of work within them. I mean, you kind of have to worship them in order to become a popular you know, mega millionaire, billionaire, whatever she is. Um, But also there's this desire to move beyond the status quo, to be an innovator. And this is very typical for Aquarians, but it's, it's coming from Saturn. Saturn is both the golden age looking backward, like the two-faced Janus, the golden age that looks backward, as well as the tendency to look forward toward a better time. For example, the make America great again, slogan um, is so Saturn, right? Because you're looking back at a golden age. It was great. It was ideal. It was the perfect thing. Um, uh, You're looking at the fixed structure that is crumbling as spring is coming and as new life is coming. Or you're looking at the, the fixed structure and you're looking at it as dark. Oh, what's happened to America? It's become so ungreat, you know? And that's the fixed, the fixedness of the yin. It's either what used to be that was so good that's now crumbling or what is that's uh, the dark thing that is and the light thing that's coming. But either way, Saturn is drawing the boundary between the past and the future very strongly in this sign because, you're, you're, again, you're looking at the middle of winter where the yin or, or materiality is really fixed. Um, and that either represents something that you're holding on to, right? Ideally, even though light and change is coming, or it represents uh, some uh, terrible thing that is, some darkness that is, some ignorance that is, and the desire to move beyond it as the light is coming. Those, that kind of duality is like built into Aquarius, and it's a Saturnine reality in the classical language. So, um, when Venus, goddess of love, harmony, beauty, friendship, etc., is in that sign, the reason I chose the picture for Burning Man, right, is because you have that same duality built into Burning Man. You have, dis- I don't like the man, burn the man. As they said, there was a movie when I was a kid named Empire, called Empire Records. And one of the f- classic sayings that my fr- I had a friend, dear friend of mine, and we would like w- walk around and, you know, we would always be like walking around town being like, damn the man, because that was a a line from that movie that really stuck with us. But this is the same idea, right? Burn the man, 
the, the, the structures of society, the dark entrenched plutocracy, you know what I mean? And that's a Saturnine uh, Aquarian reality. The thing is, is, is that the, it, it's somehow necessary to burn the man and to walk through the rainbow gate you know, the, the glorious artwork, the futuristic programming, the, what, you know, the ideal on the horizon, the utopia in the distance. That's both Saturn, the, the past. Remember, at Burning Man, there's two things that are also tend to be celebrated, indigenous or archaic past, as well as future, bright, global techno-shaman future, right? And so, and, and it's the, the disgust is with the status quo. That's a Saturnine reality, even though Burning Man might seem like Neptune or we, we might ascribe Uranus to it or all these other things. But really, in the classical language, it, 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 the reason that we would say a, a, it's an Aquarian kind of uh, thing is that, um, and I believe, I could be wrong about this, but I believe Burning Man might have gotten started when Neptune was in Aquarius. But I don't, don't, someone check that and let me know on my, on my YouTube feed. Um, but at any rate, uh, the the this is what is and i don't uh, it, it needs to be something more it needs to be something better but the two need each other do you see what i'm saying like there is no burning man without the man and that's a um a duality that we have to remember so that we don't because otherwise what happens is the new thing becomes the next tyranny and i've already seen this like in my short lifetime of watching burning man stuff i've been invited to burning man by people so many times i'm always like no thank you i'm just i'm just way too uh i'm way too um claustrophobic and <laughs> i don't like big groups of people so i'm like no thanks um but uh but look the in even my lifetime of watching burning man every year now I've watched it become more and more and more materialistic. And I've watched people writing, people that I know that were big enthusiasts of Burning Man say, oh, it's really not what it used to be. It's so commercial now, blah, 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 blah. See, that's what happens. That's an Aquarian sort of Saturnine dynamic. Uh, Che Guevara is sexy and interesting. And then he's post, you know, and then he's a black light poster and a t-shirt that a billion people have. And you know what I mean? So, uh, with Aquarius, the future is always an issue as is the past. And this has to do with the fixedness of winter, the fixedness of winter representing the solidness of material forms that are currently on their way out as the light is coming. So, and we're either railing against that, protecting against that. I don't want the old thing to go. Like you'll find a lot of really dogmatic, I like rigid Aquarian people. In fact, Ebenezer Scrooge in Christmas Carol was an Aquarius. Um, but but he becomes a futurist. He's remember in the beginning they're asking Ebenezer Scrooge about you know do you have any money to give to the poor and he says aren't there enough prisons aren't there enough this aren't there enough so he's not charitable at all he wants to hold on to the way things are and you find a lot of really conservative people are Aquarians but on the other hand you see a lot of very and a lot of times they're they are interestingly they're still interested they're still progressive though. So a lot of Aquarians are conserv like really conservative, but their mood of conservatism is how can I get back to the ideal past because things really aren't what they used to be. They're conservative, but it could always be better in terms of getting back to the past. But on the other hand, you have the opposite. It's everything in the past is bad in the future, right? So that, but that dichotomy, again, is just a really big part of Aquarius. And so 
uh, Venus in Aquarius will attract social dynamics that illustrate this, lovers that illustrate this. Um, sometimes there's a dichotomy between being alone and being with people, being a maverick, being an individualist and being with a group. Sometimes you'll see a dichotomy between a love of things that are progressive and a love of things that are classical. It's sort of, sort of like a, a sci-fi futuristic bar playing, um, you know, uh, Bach or something. Uh, but, but you, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, a, it's a quirky blend of, of ancient and new and future and past. That's part of the aesthetic of Venus. It's part of what Venus deals with in a, in a general way. Now, um, there are a lot of Saturnine challenges that I've just described that can come with this, right? Like um, feeling like an outsider, uh, trying to define oneself in terms of being a rebel, in terms of being different, in terms of being on the fringe, on the edge, intolerance, uh, ironic uh, sense of love and peace and harmony as long as it's future oriented, ironic intolerance for anything that's more conservative or in the past, which is somewhat unusual for Venus who tends to want to harmonize things. Uh, open-mindedness, broad open-mindedness, and yet in, in, in some kind of um, simultaneous intolerance for anything that doesn't seem either progressive or uh, anything that's not ideal. Uh, so these are things to think about with Venus in, in Aquarius. Some people, Oprah Winfrey, who I already mentioned, Mozart, who was um, thought to be a little perverse and yet a, a complete innovator. Um, he was um, sort of a womanizer and um, he was, but he was you know, incredibly innovative and sort of a quirky and uh, an outsider, really. If you've ever seen the movie Amadeus, get a good feel for it. Isaac Newton. So there you have someone sort of... Um, and Stephen Hawking is the same way too, where there's uh, an element of being um, popular scientific and a popular scientific mind and um, redefining principles and laws of the universe, you know, kind of physical physics discovery and um, physics innovators and things like that. Uh, but, but keen eye for the past and what's come before and the dogmas of the past. And you, you know, it's, it's always a funny thing to see someone like Stephen Hawking, who's sort of like, um, sort of like uh, the church of science, right? Like he, he sort of in his anti uh, religiosity, which sometimes would come up in him, he could almost be like the high Pope of science. Um, and, and you, you see that sometimes where, you know, there's, there's this kind of, um, such in innovative, such innovation, such forward thinking, and yet ironically, there can be this really in, entrenched sort of conservative fundamentalism that comes out, and that's part of the Saturn uh, element. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres, another example. Uh, oftentimes, you'll see uh, the Venus in Aquarius being about progressive um, sexuality. Uh, for people who are bringing forward new forms of sexual expression in the world. Um, Muhammad Ali is another example. He's someone who's obviously a very popular activist um, and, and during his time and a popular sort of celebrity figure. But of course, he had very complicated relationships with um, women because of his religious beliefs, which were thought to be both very progressive for his time and defiant and original. He was an anti-war activist, but he was also in incredibly conservative in his embrace of um, Islam and uh and it led to some very difficult, complicated situations, of course, in, in love and relationships. So 
uh, progressive, but very conservative. Uh, Janis Joplin, um, you know, uh, forward thinking, progressive, like, like sort of wild feminist rocker, um, but also very severe at, at times in her, in her behavior, right? And uh, self-destructive and um, this kind of uh, loner rebel thing that, that can be very difficult and isolating. And that's something that people have written about uh, with Janis Joplin. Um, Pope Francis, here's someone who's very forward thinking and yet he's the Pope, right? It's the Venus in Aquarius. Quentin Tarantino, right? He'll, he has this weird way of wanting to honor things from the past like cowboys and samurais, right? And uh, Civil War and th he, you know, the World War II, he says this nostalgia for the past, but the way he does it is very almost futuristic and sort of sci-fi and very innovative and forward thinking as well. Um, so the past and the, and, the, and the future again, Elton John, another great example, uh, sexual, um, of course, um, homosexual and rocker who is defying boundaries in his day and age, a little like more common now than it was when he was really getting going. But he's also, um, you know, he's, he's such a, he's like honored, you know, he's, he's sort of, um, he's honored by the royal family and he has this kind of knightly traditional feeling about him. And yet he's very progressive in other ways. So you have that duality as well. Yoko Ono is similar, classically trained artist, becomes very progressive, um, Anyway, her story is very interesting as well. And I, I had to throw in one like sort of real shadowy example of R. Kelly. Um, obviously, R. Kelly's been in the news a lot lately. Venus and Aquarius. Again, sometimes what you have are uh, the outsider um, and the, um, the way that Venus and Aquarius can express itself sometimes can be really severe too, um, where the, um, the way, like going back to Mozart, where there's a kind of a, a, almost like a perversion quality of sexual expression. And um, uh, with, you know, again, with R. Kelly, you have someone who's a very popular figure and again, thought to be a real musical innovator in many ways, but also there's this weird way in which um, there's this kind of like weird culty fundamentalist quality to him. And uh, yeah, expressed itself really, you know, in, in these very like abusive ways. So, you know, I don't mean to suggest that people who have Venus and Aquarius are, you know, perverted or culty or, or fundamentalists or things like that. But there is a shadow side, a severe, harsh, intense kind of outsider weirdo quality that can express itself uh, sometimes in really damaging and um, complicated ways. Uh, so Venus and Aquarius, um, sometimes, you know, the, the Burning Man uh, progressive idealist, sometimes the more uh, angry, hard, um, rigid um, expression, which is weird for Venus, right? It doesn't feel totally right. Um, but remember, Saturn also has a lot to do with repression, uh, where, where we get repressed. And so Venus in Aquarius sometimes has this feeling of like repression, like everything is trying to repress me, which builds this kind of pneuma and creative tension within, and then it expresses itself in all these wild forms. And sometimes that also is in terms of, um, you know, creativity, but also sexuality. And it has, it's, it's, it's like boundary defying and it has to go beyond the, the limitations of Saturn sort of sexually or, in terms of how one expresses one's energy. 
So that's what I've got for Venus and Aquarius today. As usual, I hope you like this. And uh, we will be back soon for Venus and Aquarius, uh, Pisces, which is happening later this month. All right, take care, everyone. Bye.